Okay, okay, Stacey, welcome again to this podcast that we're running. It's good to be back. I'm particularly excited about this topic because I get to dispel a lot of stereotypes about Singapore. Stereotypes like what? Well, today we're going to be discussing the art and performing art scene in Singapore. And I think there's a couple of things that are positives about Singapore that almost work against it. So the fact that it is super safe, super clean, almost to a point of sterility, gives Singapore the stereotype that it has no grit, it has no culture, and that it doesn't have a vibrant art scene. I guess we'll find today that that is not the case. Had you heard that uh, about that stereotype, Ali, before you moved to Singapore? Uh, I heard it from people from Singapore, actually. Interesting. I think people just generally like to hate on their hometown because when you grow up in a certain place, you're really familiar with everything, so nothing seems special or unique. So maybe I am looking at Singapore through rose-colored glasses, but I genuinely think there is a beautiful art scene that has a lot going on, so much so that I often can't go to enough of the exhibits or as many of the performances that I would like to in Singapore. Just to add, it's not just like famous bands from overseas. I think there's a lot happening both locally and from the region and internationally. So I have a pretty diverse taste of art. So Ali, before I start diving into a few of my favorite things to do on the weekends, what types of art are you into? What do you like to do when you're exploring and diving into your creative side? Well, that's a very tough question. I do appreciate contemporary art museums and also museums about how society was or how society is. I, I found stuff like the Museum of Design in Oslo or the Holocaust Museum in, in Berlin, like very, very interesting. Much more than maybe uh, museums where just like paintings from famous painters are stored. Not to say that they don't have value, but to me, I'm more curious about the normal person than the genius or the exceptional. Interesting. Okay, so not just art for the sake of art's sake, but something that is curated thematically, possibly something that is trying to convey a message, may have political undertones, or as you mentioned, um, a nice aesthetic sense of design. Well, don't you worry, Ollie, because Singapore has lots of that. My favorite museum is the Art Science Museum, and knowing that you're a scientist, uh, I imagine that you would geek out completely at this museum like all things, unfortunately, it is currently closed, but the moment it opens, we should definitely go check out some of the exhibits. Because one of my favorite ones that I had pretty recently gone to was called 2219. So 200 years into the future, what would Singapore actually look like? And it was really fascinating because it wasn't just, oh, gleaming skyscrapers and we're all zooming around in planes and bubbles. Like, yes, that may be us in 200 years, but it's, it dove deep into the home. So one exhibit, for example, was actually someone's living room. And it showed that we were all growing our own plants, growing our own herbs, because we had to find other sustainable ways to harness our own food and sustenance. There was a newspaper strewn about on the dining table that had carefully actually printed an entire edition of a newspaper from 200 years into the future with articles about the state of the world 
what diplomatic relationships looked like between different countries. Every detail was so meticulously thought out. It was such an incredible exhibit. And my friend and I actually spent two and a half hours just in that one exhibit alone. So Singapore not only pairs the art and the beauty, but actually really, really deep thought into making you ponder, huh, what actually is gonna be in the future in 200 years? Or what will the state of the world be and how will things change? So that has been my favorite museum in Singapore to date. Okay, that sounds super interesting. And, and I liked what you mentioned about this like forward-looking element that is present in these exhibits. And I, I, I also been very attracted to uh, exhibits that are more like looking back also because they, they kind of explain how you end up where you are, how Singapore ended up where it is now. And it's very interesting to see the different stories that happened that led to what Singapore is today. Definitely. And, and I think when people think of museums, they do think of the past and an amalgamation of history with curated exhibits from certain time periods. There are definitely lots of more traditional museums like that in Singapore. Uh, for example, one of my favorites, it's this beautiful gallery, actually. It's the National Gallery of Singapore. And they will often bring in renowned artists from all over the world, but at the same time, really try to feature local art. I think for artists, that is so important and critical to the fabric of a society to highlight the art that we have here locally. Because it not only encourages people to take on art as a profession, but it helps give these artists a platform. If Singapore can't give its own artists a platform, how do we expect to laud and really appreciate Singaporean artists in other places around the world? So the National Gallery does a really great job of showcasing Singapore's homegrown artists. This paints, I think, a really nice picture about how things look like in terms of museums and stuff you can go check out whenever you're free or whenever there's a new exhibit around and maybe it's gonna be there for a couple weeks. But what about things that are a bit more dynamic? Things that are happening, let's say shows, performances, what's available in Singapore? Ali, every weekend there are so many performances going on as well as art exhibits. This is actually going to be a nice plug for Time Out. Uh, Timeout.com is a website that tells you things to do. And I swear, in my Google search history, things to do in Singapore this weekend is probably one of the most frequent searches I use. And Timeout typically ranks very highly and well-deserved because they curate probably 20 to 30 things going on every weekend just in the art space. And that just shows the diversity and the options that are going on every single weekend. Just a few of the performances that I've been to, and again, I have a pretty eclectic taste, so everything from live theater to musicals to ballet performances to music festivals. I, I kind of like it all. So, Ali, do you have a specific direction you want me to talk about or types of performances that you particularly enjoy? Maybe we can start with music. There is definitely a great music scene. In fact, when I first moved to Singapore, first weekend that I moved here, I just saw that there was an international jazz festival happening on the waters in front of the beautiful Marina Bay Sands Hotel. And I said, oh my goodness, I, I have to attend this. There was a Brazilian saxophonist who performed. There was a Portuguese funk soul band and they all were playing their own instruments. Uh, there were classically trained cellists. It was this 
beautiful tapestry of incredible musicians and you couldn't beat the backdrop. We were on the Marina Bay, so you saw the entire water with the Merlion, the Marina Bay Sands, the Double Helix Bridge. These are all iconic Singaporean landmarks as your backdrop to all varieties of jazz. And it was, it was so incredible. It was a nice welcome event that I attended. And my coworker just suggested that we go. And it wasn't like it was super planned. So that sort of spontaneous outing is possible in Singapore. Wow, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I happened on many, many of these exhibitions or performances. Like you're just like walking around and you should walk in into either the Esplanade or other public places that are for free and you just hear some music coming and you find the source and turns out it's a fully equipped set of professionals playing and there's an audience of people just like listening in, sitting down and a bunch of people just like me walking past and stopping to hear a performance of like international level is truly remarkable. The amount of things you can do for free and the variety, as you said. Exactly. So I will say that jazz festival was a little bit pricey, but for the caliber and quality of performance, well worth every penny. But to your point, there's also a ton of free performances as well. I was going for a jog around the Esplanade, as you mentioned, and this is a big performing arts center, very iconic in Singapore because it's actually shaped and the exterior looks like a durian fruit. So very, very spiky. Uh, and it's very quintessentially Singapore. I love the Esplanade. This performance happened to be outside. It was a lovely night. And this is where the weather in the evenings really worked to Singapore's advantage. But I was taking a stroll and I started to hear some R&B and funk music, which is my absolute favorite genre of music. And it turns out it was this band called Soul Jam that was performing in the Esplanade outdoors venue for free. And myself and probably 150 other people just started boogieing and dancing while the band was performing. And this was all free. I, I am so appreciative of how much Singapore has invested into the arts and is committed to making Singapore much more of an arts destination. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe to, to step away a bit from music, I, I think there's a lot more to offer. Of course, music is deeply interesting, but I think there are a lot of speakers coming into Singapore as well, because it's a, it's a, it's the hub of the area, you know, it's like Southeast Asia's capital. Absolutely. And a lot of people will actually travel from surrounding countries, neighboring Singapore, just to hear speakers or come see performers um, that stop by Singapore. And this was such a bummer. It was, I think it was December of last year, but Michelle Obama was doing her tour for her autobiography, Becoming, and she stopped by and tickets were going at a hefty 300 plus USD, I believe, or maybe Singapore dollars, but it was quite expensive. And I almost bit the bullet. I was gonna go, but I think I had already left for the Christmas holiday by then. So you get renowned international celebrities like Michelle Obama. Last year, Trevor Noah, the South African comedian and the host of Comedy Central's The Daily Show also came in August. I think I was traveling around that time as well. Um, I just happened to know both of them stopped by Singapore because they're two of my favorite celebrities in the whole world. I typically respond to the question, who would you want as dinner party guests if you could invite three people? They typically take up two out of my three spots. 
and they both came to Singapore. So we really do attract a big international celebrity audience here. Okay, there's something that I am not sure how well it fits with art, but I would say it's a huge event, it's a huge performance, and it links a lot of things that I didn't know went hand in hand. The Formula One Grand Prix in September every year is probably Singapore's most well-known event. And you wouldn't think it's necessarily art. I would probably categorize it more as a sports event since it is about racing cars, but Singapore turns it into a three or four day long festival where you get some of the biggest names in the music industry. Last year, I believe Gwen Stefani came, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and other artists that probably command top dollar for any performance. I unfortunately have never gone, uh, even though I've lived in Singapore for two years, I missed the past two years because I would think I was traveling. That's obviously a common excuse of mine. And who knows if they're gonna have the event this year, but hopefully I'll be able to attend next year. Grand Prix 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a huge event. And as you mentioned, I know a lot of people who fly in just so their business trip collides with the Grand Prix. And yeah, I think it's like a huge drive, especially for anyone who is like into engineering or F1 in general. I think it's a phenomenal event. And it's in the same ticket, you get to see this this shows. And there's a lot of side shows besides the, the top performers as well. So it's truly like a full day festival for a couple of days. Oh man, now you're really selling it. I can't wait to go next year. Cross fingers. So, so far we've talked about static art inside of buildings. We talk about dynamic art inside of buildings or in the open. But what about the buildings itself? Like one of the first things that really, really struck me deep when I first visited Singapore was the remarkable architecture and the gigantic size of everything. The, the amount of buildings that are huge, like over 200 meters, like more than 50 buildings, like skyscraper, and a level that I never seen before in my life. And having grown up and lived most of my life in smaller cities where maybe the tallest building was 100 meters, maybe 20, 30 floors, coming to Singapore and seeing places like Walker Tower or the Marina Bay Sands, uh, it's something I find really impressive. Yeah, Ollie, if outdoor tours are your thing, if you can bear the heat, I recommend going on an architecture tour of Singapore. I've never done it, but I could probably construct my own because I've got a lot of different favorite buildings. Um, to your point, the Marina Bay Sands Hotel, the most well-known landmark in all of Singapore. A lot of people say it looks like a giant cruise ship nestled on top of three big buildings. I believe it has 33 stories. I was lucky enough to be able to stay there one night when my parents were visiting and Thrown into your hotel night stay is a visit in the infinity pool at the top of the Marina Bay Sands. So you can imagine you're just lounging in an infinity pool where the water spills over the edge, cascading what looks like down 33 stories, but really it's just an illusion because it's an infinity pool. But you get the most gorgeous views of the entire city from the top of this building. So it is absolutely well worth paying one night, I think it's like 400 bucks a night, just so you can feel like a crazy rich Asian and splash around in the pool and marvel at the stunning building's architecture. And then the Art Science Museum, as I mentioned, you can walk around and just admire the building for its architecture. It looks like this delicate lotus blossom 
that's blooming on the waterfront. And it is just a, it's a combination of this delicate flower type appearance, but also this strong concrete foundation. So whoever the architect was, I should probably look this up, was able to combine this beautiful fragility, but also strength in the same building. And it's truly a marvel to look at. The walk around the, the bay and the Clarkey area and all the way to the Marina Bay Sands and the bayfront is, is truly, it's enough to have a, a fun night out. And even if it's a cool night, I think it's an exceptional night outing as well. Definitely. And around that bay, as you mentioned, there's so many gorgeous hotels like the Fullerton Bay Hotel. I believe it used to be the old post office of Singapore. And so there's also so many of these buildings that are steeped in history. And no matter which way you look, you get these 360 degree views of water. That's the beauty of being on a small island. You really can't avoid the water and you always get a stunning vantage point. There's a number of hotels that really caught my eye as well, as you mentioned, or towers, I don't know if they're hotels. One of them is the Oasia Hotel, which looks like this overgrown tree that has vegetation all the way to the top. And it's, it's really remarkable near Tanjung Pagar MRT. Yes, Tanjung Pagar MRT is, is downtown and, and the, the beautiful hotels per square mile in the downtown area is truly remarkable. Speaking of hotels that have a lot of dense, lush foliage. I think my favorite hotel in all of Singapore, I've never stayed there, I just get to admire it from afar, is the Park Royal Hotel. I know it's a chain, but this particular one located in Chinatown has that same cascading foliage and greenery down all sides of the building. And it's stacked and has different tiers. So it almost looks like rice patties with a combination of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. It's it's nearly impossible to describe. You have to see it for yourself. I don't know how many cans of water they use to water all of those plants, but it is well worth it because aesthetically, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I have two things to, to add about this hotel. To me, I always imagined it as, as if it was made of slabs of Lego or some other very colorful material. So you can really tell as if it was different levels, as if it was like geology different layers of different colors, looks like different materials, and it's really re remarkable. And the other thing that I always found very interesting, although it's unrelated, is that it's right next to the Hong Lim Park. And the Hong Lim Park in itself has a, a quite distinctive trait, and is that it's the only place in Singapore where one can legally stage public protests. Oh, very cool. I did not know that. Not that I have anything to really complain about, but that's very interesting. Good to know. Yeah, so in case you're looking for protests, that's the way to go. <laughs> have you ever walked by and seen protesters there, Ollie? I have not, but I know that you need to get an appointment. It's not so straightforward. Okay, so even when you want to protest, it can't be that spontaneous in Singapore. Indeed. I think that this helped paint a picture of, like we said before, about uh, art in places, art happening in places, and, and the great variety of things that you can do in, in, in Singapore. And this is not without mentioning a very large amount of small exhibitions of live performances and musical performances in many bars and clubs for all different uh, prices. And this 
includes both very foreign art and music, as well as very local and traditional exhibitions. Yes, and they do have a very lively bar and music scene. In fact, I live in the Bugis neighborhood in Singapore, and one of my favorite jazz bars is called Cool Cats, and they have incredible jazz performances every Wednesday through Sunday, as well as some pretty delectable cocktails that always helps the music feel like it's flowing. Uh, I also have one of my favorite dive bars out in the Holland Village area, where this duo called Jack and Rye perform, and they're a homegrown Singapore band, and it's absolutely fun to just go listen to them, grab a few beers during happy hour, and it is the best Sunday night evening. It sounds like we should check it out. Yes, the, I forgot to mention the bar. It's called Walla Walla in Holland Village. So once bars open up again, we should definitely make it before 7 p.m., get a giant beer tower, and rock out with Jack and Rye. Absolutely. Okay, I think, Stacey, this is all for today. But so far, dear listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, let us know. And looking forward to see you next time. All right. Thanks so much, Ali. This is really fun. Can't wait to discuss next week's episode. Yeah. See you then. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya.